It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner. You guessed it, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Oh, man, guys. Um, Hey, it's... Uh, <laughs> We just, uh, it's going to be a fucking hell of a night. Um, Ryan, Tyler, how are you? After, well, we've, we've been, been, we've already been talking for like talking over an hour. Talking for an hour and 20 minutes already. So um, I, I'm feeling great. I need to actually pour another drink. I didn't, I didn't prepare myself for us now talking. Yeah, so. my beer's like, I've got like maybe an eighth of a beer left. We just spent, what was it, an hour, almost an hour was, talking no, to... Was, 40 plus talking to Jake Rivard from uh, Winging at Motown, who's gonna have a pretty sweet interview with us, hopefully, up on the website soon. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, it was a great conversation. It was actually absolutely. Was, I had no idea what he was gonna ask. So I, once I realized that he was gonna actually ask us Red Wings related stuff, I was like, I should probably pull things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was really good. And what we're trying to do is if for those of you that don't know, and if any of you do anything news related, please interview us. We're trying to get verified on Twitter, and they put really out just new, for our own egos at this point. Yeah, but, you know. they, we put out they put out a new system uh, where you can like request verification, but they need three like reputable news sources to have posted something about your Twitter account within the past like um, ninety days, sixty months? days, or ninety days, or something. Oh, no, it's it, like three it was, months. 
I thought it was six months. No. Where did I get that? So we've got Jake to interview us. He in, he immediately reached out. It was a great conversation. There will be was. a good article up on it. We're going to have him on the podcast during the season. He's going to get back with us to get more content for Winging Motown. And it, overall, it was a good talk. So that'll be one news source. We've got Red Wings on tap that's going to uh, sent us an interview that we're going to do uh, with Brandon, who's really awesome to work with. So we're still looking for another one. So I might reach out to George Malik, who does uh, Kukla, who works for Kukla's Corner. We've had him on way back in the day um, when the podcast started. We he was actually one of like the regular guests, one yeah. of our first guests. So we need one more uh, within the next like couple months to feature us in an article, and then we can try and get verified on Twitter, which again is purely just to boost our own ego, <laughs> just to say <laughs> we're verified. Uh, and I mean, it helps us pop up more in news feeds and stuff, which we, which we but, apparently already do, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting to hear him say that. Uh, and you mentioned your wife catches stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, she said she, last month just, she just realized that we pop up on Twitter. Her Twitter, we get notifications where trending in sports and it's us. Yeah, that, that's a kind of a good feeling. And I also noticed today, um, I don't know if we've how we trend on spotify i don't get access i don't have access to those numbers but we've jumped to 47 which top 50 for hockey uh in the u.s is that just spotify that that's on itunes i'm sorry oh cool that's awesome so that's the biggest podcast platform really out there that's just people with iphones (laughs) yeah so we're up to 47 all time now episode wise it it fluctuates way more but I thought that was interesting uh, to see that pop up. You go onto their page from like your actual iTunes on your computer, and it's almost right there within the first window of when you're looking at everything just for hockey. Yeah, I think that's a roundabout way of saying thank you for listening to us. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yep. and, and tell your friends. Don't know tell why. Your, tell your friends, tell your family. I mean, we love doing it, but I mean, we, we do it for everyone else. Um, like we said with Jake, it's kind of just a way for us to feel validated we found that we have the same viewpoints as a lot of fans we get pushback from some fans but that's part of the the whole thing is just uh, putting your opinion out there letting it be known and then having a discussion and and like i said over the past i mean we also figured out that we've been doing this at least me with tyler in in october will be four years and with ryan in february will be four four years that's crazy it's crazy and i feel like it in a way, our opinion, I feel like over four years, our opinion now holds some weight within the community. I don't and know if I, I go that far, but, you know. Uh, because people come to us and ask us questions and they report stuff to us and try to get our feedback. So I feel like what we say to people, at least to some people, holds some weight. And, yeah, I'll take it. And, and people take uh, what we say and and form their own opinions and it creates conversation we've become a voice well we've become a voice in the community and that's kind of why we started this is we all have opinions and we like as everyone does like to put our opinions out there for better or for worse but we kind of wanted to become a voice in the red wings community and i think we have done that and Mm in our improving that and the further we go the the better that will get and the more hopefully recognition and and stuff comes along with it but we we really do it just to be able to interact with people and talk to people and because we love the team and we love the sport and that's what we love to do so I that's a cool one my soapbox to, to continue piggybacking on that is justin aka the iser plan he had our shirt on 
Uh, he was up north, right? Way, up yeah, north, way up north. Northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And someone caught him with the shirt on. He said a actually, few people recognized it. Yeah. Like just random wow. things like that is, is it's. He said it's he had ca- someone approach weird. him and tell him they listened to the podcast. Like Did that's they, that blows my I'll, mind. I'll tell you guys one thing right now. There's a guy, um, you know, you guys know I work in insurance uh, for a company that deals with a lot of I, I believe half of our book of business is half Michigan. And um, I was on the phone just talking Red Wings with a guy one day. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of Red Wings podcasts. And I'm like, out of nowhere, I'm like, do you happen to listen? Yeah, to who do you listen on? to? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I did kind of ask him just like, which ones do you listen to? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I listen to Wings for Breakfast. I listen to the Grindline. I'm like, wait a minute. You said you listen to the Grindline? Does my voice sound familiar? It's like. It's like, you know what? As a matter of fact, it does. <laughs> so he listens to us, which yeah, is... Yeah, I hear you, you know, like every cool. three episodes or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it's it's great to see that, you know, it's gone from being something that people just eh, casually listen to that and now people, it seems like, are a little bit more like uh, proud of listening to us and like kind of talking about our horrible opinions. <laughs> It's building a community. It's, a little, it's humbling, I'd say. Yeah, and it's, it's just yeah, fun. I agree. It makes it. I agree. Yeah, it's a it's a community yeah. thing. It's a sense of community mm-hmm. and knowing that people will listen to what we have to say, and we listen to what people have to say, and we foster a discussion. And maybe we're not going to change each other's minds on on what we think about the team. And I think no one's changing sports, your mind, Greg. Well, we no, already but, know that. So sports, I think, is one of the things that are easier to to make people come around on, depending on different viewpoints of the team and different viewpoints of the players. The one thing we're not going to change anyone's mind on is coaching. But we could change <laughs> people's mind on on players based on the data we have and the charts that we've looked at. In, in just giving people data. So that's going to be part of tonight's episode is the data behind stuff. So part of what we're doing tonight is called Advanced Stats for Dummies for Tyler, um, simply because Tyler is not super versed in advanced stats. So we're going to talk a little bit about war and team war because I posted a cool chart from Jay Fresh, who I really want to get on the podcast. He has some awesome stuff and does amazing work. Mm-hmm. And if you're not subscribed to his it's Patreon... Yeah, if you're not subscribed to his Patreon, you probably should be because you get access to all these really cool player charts. So we're, I think we're the nice talk- thing about his, just to kind of touch on that, yeah, it's he he dummies it down a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a very like a lot of these are are pretty kind of tricky he, numbers to look and at. pretty colors. That's what he does. Yes, and he actually puts a, a picture on there too, so it's even better. So uh, before we start with that, so it's going to be part of our episode. We're also going to talk about uh, Jacob Verana's arbitration stuff. Which again, no panic. There's no panic here. Nothing's panicking. For a one-year contract, he is still an RFA because he doesn't turn 27 until February of 2023. Mm-hmm. So he will still be an RFA if we do him on a one-year contract. If he repeats, give him a shit ton of money. Great. Um, and then a the little bit we're going to talk about if we have time. And this also came up this weekend. Uh, was Brian Rafalski and how one underrated he is and how two, why the fuck is he not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> so those are the kind of the two things that we, before we started recording, we're kind of talking about is why is Brian Rafalski not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he's probably one of the best U.S. born defensemen in hockey. Like, I don't think that's that's hard to say, but I also think that that's like, 
he was probably shadowed a lot in Detroit because of their amazing defensemen like Lidstrom and Cronwall yep. at his peak and stuff like that. So that's something not we're e- going to get to. Not even just Detroit either. I mean, you know, New Jersey too. New Jersey, Stevens and, and Niedermeyer. And, yeah. I mean, Niedermeyer more so than Stevens, I would say. But yeah. Yeah. So what I want to get out of the way first is, well, everyone is still listening and no one has hit stop because of our rambling. Um <laughs> is we now have a discord so if you follow us on twitter um you will find a link to our discord um i it's also out on our instagram and it's on our facebook but we do have a discord so that's where you're going to find it is one of those three places and it's open we love everyone to come in and join we're doing league news team news um there is a thread for your pet picture so if you love posting pictures of your pets so that's wearing, right up Sarah's, aka yeah, out. yeah. We're gonna have to get Sarah to learn how to use Discord if she doesn't mm-hmm. already, and and do pet pictures. There is a Wings Lounge Voice channel where you can go actually just go in and talk Red Wings. And there's also a watch party channel for I found a way to do that. So when the season starts before a game, if I'm around the house, I can go into watch party and just stream the game in there, so people can watch and talk while the game is on. So that's cool. Cough, cough. No, you can't. <laughs> um, but there is a bunch of cool channels in there. There's a Q&A channel where people can drop. I can call for a request for questions before an episode. That'll be an easy way to get a Q&A in. Uh, Discord, it'll be a lot better. Yeah, Discord will get uh, preference for Q&A over, over other channels. Simply because it's easier to just log in, click Q&A, and read them yeah. from there. Right. Uh, but yeah, please come join our Discord. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've already had fun in there posting GIFs and pissing off Ryan. God so, damn it, Greg. Uh, it's a lot of fun. But first, we're going to talk about Jacob Verana and Jacob Verana's arbitration. So it was announced that Jacob Verana was going to go to arbitration. We're like, eh, maybe a deal can get done before then. Because they have until literally the time arbitration starts to make a deal with the player um whether it's signing them for eight years or signing them for two years they can make a deal up until that point where you don't actually have to go to arbitration now the one caveat with arbitration is because it's player elected meaning verona decided he wanted to go to arbitration him and his agent that once arbitration is through, the Red Wings decide whether they want to do a one or two year contract, and it is the team's decision at that point. So what I'd guess is if it does go to arbitration, it'll only be one year because, like we said, Verona will be 27 in 2023. It'll be February of 2023. He'll be 27. And if we do a one year, he's still a free agent next offseason. So uh, he's still be 26 years old. He's still an RFA. We still have control of him. So I uh, now it, what time are we recording? It's 931. There has not been a contract yet. So I assume it's not going to happen. It's Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, it's Wednesday. His arbitration is on the 11th. So he still has a whole other day. Yes. So hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have a contract in place. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because Ryan, you have it pulled up. What is his ask versus the Red Wings offer? Verana, according to Elliot Friedman, who put this out, who is right ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah, he's asking for five point seven million, which it was pointed out to me that's ironically what Mantha's contract is. It's Mantha's money. Yeah, it, it, like to a T. And uh, the Red Wings are currently offering three point six five million. So yeah, that's a significant gap, I would say. Yeah, yeah I mean, 
you think about that though, the middle ground, you're take you're coming in right four about five? What, four or five. Four five, four seven, yeah. Yeah. That's I think that's what we guessed, right? Around there. Well, that's what so. the evolving hockey model was, was four years that I think around five, uh, a that's little less key, than though, five. That's the though, you're looking at those extra years that you now. Yeah, which you're going to shave off if you go to arbitration. Uh-huh. But Verana's the one guy, it's like, if anyone's worth Mantha money, it's Verana, especially for what he showed at the end of last season. Now, when we talked to Jake earlier, I, I don't think it's real. It's not realistic. It's not that I don't think it's realistic. It's not. It's not realistic that Verona keeps up that point per game pace in the next season. Now, does he shave it down to a 0.75 points per game pace? I don't think that's unrealistic. I think with a fully healthy Larkin in a Verona and whether you put Zadina or Bertuzzi in there, like a like a Verona Larkin Bertuzzi line, that's fucking lethal. Mm-hmm. That's a lethal line. Be. You've got a guy that can shoot and score. You've got Larkin, who is a playmaker and has known to snipe goals himself. And you've got your net front guy in Bertuzzi that's just going to piss off the goalie and tip pucks in. So I think a Larkin, Verona. Now, we thought a Mantha Larkin Bertuzzi line was really good. I think a Verona Larkin Bertuzzi line is better. Like It's faster. It's faster. I think there's more playmaking. There's more playmaking. There's more, definitely more playmaking ability there. But overall, it's a better line. Mm -hmm. So I think that you had the the MLB line. You get to the VLB line. I think it's a much better line. And I Mm -hmm. think when the Mantha Larkin Bertuzzi line was in the conversation, not last season, but the season before for uh, the first part of the season being one of the better top lines in hockey or one of the better lines in hockey. I think that the Verona Larkin Bertuzzi line could definitely be up there for one of the better lines in hockey simply because it's the mixture of talent and what each player brings to the team and each player's ability just meshing to be able to create just one really good line. And I think if anyone's worth that closer to that $5.7 million a year deal, it's someone like Verana, even though he'll regress a bit, but he showed that he brought to the team what we hoped Mantha would. For sure. And that, that's all you can ask for, really. Be- if, to me, where the contract stuff is right now with these two, it's Eiserman saying, prove that you can do it again. But when you look at yep. some, I was just looking at the MLive article to get the details, but you've got over the past four seasons, Verona has one more goal and one less point in just 30 more games than Mantha over that's over the last four seasons. So well, Mantha has more playtime, right? Yeah. And, 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 Verona's done it with 14 minutes of ice time compared to 1750 yeah. for Mantha. So mm-hmm. you propel Verona, and we already saw what he did out there with Larkin and Zadino last season before Larkin went out hurt. The guy's dangerous. Is he going to repeat that? Most likely. But how consistent will it be? And I think that it's almost uh, kind of like what we said with Bertuzzi when he went to arbitration two years ago. Is Eisman's like out, out here going for the, hey, Prove you can do it again, and then we'll talk. It. I don't think it's an insult to him. I know I've seen those comments saying that people are that he's gonna push Verona away by no. going so low. No, consider it's business. It's it's just what he has to do because now there's 
as it says in here, the arbitrator will go at any figure in between uh, the 5.7 million that he that Verona asked for in the 365 that Eisenman's put on the table. So typically, I think it's safe to say they go at the middle point. And if that's what you're going to get for one or two years, that's fantastic. I think it would definitely fits, be one year. Yeah, and th- but that fits what Eisenman's trying to do is not overspend while still making the team competitive. Because again, I don't know how many times I can say this per episode. Look at what he did with Tampa and how consistently they were able to be built. Now, granted, yeah, they're eighteen million dollars over the cap. Okay, I get it. But well, they, they did are it le- now. Yeah, they did it legally when they won the cup, based off injuries. If you want to call it that, I'm using air quotes that you can't see. Um, but soon you'll po- be able to see them. I promise. It, true, but no, but you, you see what I'm saying. Like he, you got to build your roster and not drown yourself in debt. And Eisenman's trying to do that with a poor team with not elite level players. And the hope is maybe Verona can take that step along with Larkin and get them into that category. Now, what I guess what if he doesn't, then he's a guy that's either trade bait or he walks as a free agent. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's I hate that, though. God, I hate that. If he's he's gone for free. Because Verona is is what this team needs. Yes, this well, team is yeah. offense starved, and he well, brings the saying, flash in the offense. But I'm saying at some point he's gonna have to, you know, step up. And obviously, last year was pretty good, you know, in the short time that he was with the Red Wings. But it's one of those situations where he's gonna get a bridge deal here. There's, I don't think there's much of a chance he gets a long term extension here. Um, given they're going to arbitration what's that a one-year process usually well Mm -hmm. they can get a one or two year deal that like i said they still have a whole day to come up with a contract yeah yeah well i mean so that that obviously will be seen but i mean he's one of those situations where this is this is one of those situations that could accelerate the rebuild if he becomes you know a 25 or 30 goal scorer sure um where you're expecting what what it what's the most he's ever had in his career um 20 25 i think it was 1920 or 18 19 one of those seasons so i mean to me it's one of those jacob verona had 25 goals in the 1920 season in 69 games i was bang on with that yeah uh, so i mean to me it's just a matter of 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 if he can if he can take that next step and i don't just mean the step where he gets to 25 goals i mean what if he can take the next step and become a 30 35 goals scorer sure. now you're talking about you know potentially having a um philip sedina who could eventually become Be a 30 that goal as well. scorer yep and not only that but you also have lucas raymond who could be coming up and you know that's not fair to expect that right away no. but in a couple of years, I mean, I don't see why not. No, uh, because so, I mean, Raymond's what his comparable is Mitch Marner, right? And if that if that comes to fruition, I mean, he's a thirty goal scorer most years, you would say. Um, I mean, obviously, again, like I said, unfair to compare those two at this point in time. But you know, he is a first round pick, and you have to if you're going to accelerate this rebuild, you have to expect. Um, that you hit on your picks and that your guys that you draft high become good players. And ob- obviously, you know, your trades come to fruition, et cetera. And quit hoping that we're going to hit the lottery. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that th- that's just not going to happen. And you know, if it does, it'll be a Philadelphia situation where they were what six or seven, and they fell all the way to one and got uh, Nolan Patrick first overall, or, or was it second. New Jersey that got Heeshear first overall and Patrick yeah. was second? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's that's all you can hope for at this point. So, Tyler, he had eight goals in 11 games. You don't think it's fair to say he'll have over 60 goals next season? No. Ovechkin <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not Alexander Ovechkin. No. I hate to tell you. I think Ovechkin had like 40. Like I said, goals as a rookie. Like I said, he'll I think he'll regress down, but I don't think he'll regress that far. Do I expect 20 goals next season from Rana? Absolutely. If you can do eight and 11, you can do 20 and 82 if you have a full season. No he, problem. By the way, at that pace, he should be hitting 30 plus, and sure. that's what they kind of need. Yep. They need a 30 goal season. Like when they had the 30 goal seasons from Larkin, and they need the 30 goal season from Verana. That's what they What need. you also have to take into consideration, I mean, he he averaged what uh 17 minutes or so last year. Sure. Uh you got to think he's going to get a bump with that if he ends up with Larkin, you know, up to at least If he ends up on minutes. the top line, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh by the way, just to correct myself, Ovechkin had 52 goals in his uh rookie year, 0506. Oh, that's 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> um but yeah, so Verana, I think that He's worth closer to, he, of course, he's worth closer to his ask than the Red Wings offer. What's happening, I think, is Eiserman is trying to save money on one year, which is okay. I mean, it's a business decision. And, and I don't think it fosters any bad blood between the teams because you're still having, on, between the team and the player, because you're still having ongoing conversations with the player as this is happening. So I think that you say, listen, we really want to give you one year at this amount. And because knowing he's going to still be a free agent after our RFA after the one year, you say, we're going to pay you this much. They go, no, I want this. It's a business thing. So if we can keep him for a year at the 4.5, which is probably closer to what he would get. And he does the same. He's good. He maybe, like I said, regresses down to the 0.75 points per game, which would be his high end, I would think. I don't think he's a point per game player, but I think he's closer to that than half a point per game. Hey, you never know what could happen because we, sure. had, we had Larkin, Burt, Manta before things got crazy a couple of years ago. They were averaging point per game on that line. But I'm going for my optimistic my my if they're healthy though it's it's very the the potential is there so i'm going for what my what i would expect i would expect okay, 0.75 points a game if he is healthy with that line for the whole season if they hit a point per game per player phenomenal then you had then you legitimately have one of the top lines but if he hits that 0.75 points per game, he's worth the Mantha money. He's actually probably worth more than the Mantha money. And on the next contract, would end up getting closer to Larkin money or more. So I think that's what you're looking at there. And I, you're going to get him one year on the cheap with your arbitration because the team selects how long the deal is. And, and you're going to go from there. And I think that's completely fair for the team. Not that it's so much fair for the player because they get load balled for a year but it's a year and and you prove you can f- keep doing what you did and then you make the big bucks. So, I mean, big, big bucks, bigger bucks, because I mean, if you're making $4 million, that's a lot of money. Right. Ryan, do you have anything? 
No, I, I, no, I, good I, talk. I do think they get something done between now and tomorrow and uh, Wednesday. You think something is done between now and the time I post this podcast? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I think something's done between now and Wednesday. Uh, although it could end up being the situation like Tyler Bertuzzi last year. So sure, Abs- I, and I mean, and yeah, Bert got it's, his it's deal. Not a bad thing. Bert would have gotten a longer deal if he wouldn't have been injured. That's the other thing. Bert got his two years. Mm-hmm. Because he showed at the beginning of last season that he was continuing what he was doing. And he only got two years because of the injury, and that's very uncertain. If he wouldn't have gotten injured, I don't see Burt getting less than a four or five year deal. So yeah, right. he's going that to takes at least him to UFA 30. too. So sure. Yeah. it's this is gonna be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, exciting because Verona's an exciting player, but interesting because he wasn't doing this in Washington, but it looks like he wasn't doing this in Washington because he wasn't given the time. And there were two choices, either more time he would break under the pressure or more time he would excel and become the player that he was drafted to be. And it looks like the latter. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting too, because what would be your take on what Mantha did while he was in Washington? Yeah. Would he, did, did he excel there? No. Kind of I think shit he started, a little bit. It wasn't great. He's, but it wasn't. You saw very quickly the what is he doing on defense? Why isn't he doing blah blah blah? Yeah, where did he go? That was. I mean, a lot of. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, Mantha and they was started fantastic. the same, right? Verona and Mantha started yeah. out on about the same pace. Verona finished real strong. We lost Mantha completely. Yeah, no, it, it's and that's the problem. And he, he basically admitted that, too, that he yep. almost he, he didn't say it, but he the way he said it was he gave up on the team. And that's I mean, that was his knock for a while. Now, we always gave Mantha the benefit of the doubt because he had mm-hmm. shown what he could do. Being 100 percent focused and playing for the team, he showed what he could do. Now, he also showed that that could lapse and mm-hmm. that he could falter and give up and when something doesn't go his way not play as strong and float and that was always the the knock on him verona had that same knock in washington if it shows up that's a bad time but if he Mm -hmm. plays next year his complete game whole season top six minutes just phenomenal then he's worth more than worth the money and the big thing is is he if he's going to be playing in that role and I think this is where Mantha could have kind of got the benefit of the doubt. The expectation is you go out there and score goals yep. and make and, and put up points. If you play some defense in there, keyword there is some, you're not going to hear much. If you nope. don't play defense at all, then there, there's going to be problems because unless your name is Alexander Ovechkin, you're not getting away or with Phil it. Or Phil Kessel. I mean, no. yes, there's other guys that you can call out in that same sense, but Ovi is there to score goals. And what does he do? Score goals. Yep. Is he going to play defense? Now he's gotten better the last couple seasons. Absolutely. I will say that. That's it. You don't see his controller dying anymore. But Verona, his point on this team will be to make things happen offensively because they need it. We know yep. how badly they need it. And if he plays defense, that's icing on the cake. And, and, and you know it's going to happen in some fashion strictly because of what Iserman and Blashell have preached, especially the past two seasons 
about like especially the younger players like Zadina, how their 200 foot game is coming around and making sure guys are filling in their spots when they get back in the defensive zone and not giving up for another guy. So somebody's getting exposed or this and that. And we saw that a lot better from the team as a whole last season. I think that a lot of that speaks to the way that the roster has been built. But if, like I said, if he plays some defense, I'll take it. As long as the goals are, as long as there's goals happening with him on the ice and he's helping create or score them, we're good. Yep. And if he doesn't like the skiing instructor from South Park does, you're going to have a bad time. So <laughs> that's just, that's going to be the reality of the situation. But I have no doubt in Jacob, uh, Jacob Rana because he's shown he can do it with the time. He has shown he excels instead of breaks under the pressure. So mm-hmm. I hope something gets done tomorrow, but I would not. I would not be surprised if he went to arbitration and ended on a one-year $4.5 million deal. Would Which is still great. Whatsoever. Sure, it's good for one year. So we're going to move on, and we're going to start our segment that we are calling Advanced Stats for Tyler or Advanced Stats <laughs> for Dummies. So whatever is nicer. For dummies, call me a dumbass? Some of this stuff still. I mean, you call me a dumbass? Would you, you consider... Would, you, would that Tyler, be easier? Would you consider yourself a dumbass when it comes to Advanced Stats? Potentially. So there we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Ryan, I what we're going to talk a little bit tonight is war. Uh, uh, what is it good for? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. So uh, there, if you had seen my tweet, um, I kind of posted what we project the Red Wings roster to be. Minus Giovanni Smith because he's not in the system. Again, if you're not following J Fresh Hockey, please go do it. Uh, now, his, time out real quick. Let's clarify. Not in the system means not in the roster builder. Yeah, he's not in the roster builder. Not that not, not that he's yeah. not in deep, the Red Wings system. Yeah, I could the, when, not. When you said that earlier, I was player. like, time out. What did you mean by that? Yeah, but no, I, yes, it's he's not on. He's not a selectable option on this database. Yeah. So uh, J Fresh, great follow, great Patreon for five bucks a month. You can get access to like a million charts mm-hmm. and a bunch of really cool stuff. But pretty. I, I put together the roster, the 2021-22 projected roster, and it gives you the war for the forward, the war for the defense, the war for the goalie. If you follow baseball, you're probably familiar with wards, wins above replacement, meaning how many wins you have with this person on the team or with this group of people on the team as opposed to not. And I'm going to let Ryan kind of explain it a little more, and then we're going to kind of teach Tyler as we go. Oh, that's my turn. The war roster builder for Jay Fresh. Um, it lets you look at his wins above replacement model. And what it's set up, the one that we look at is wins above replacement based on a three-year, I'm quoting this directly so I don't mess it up, a three-year weighted projection of each component of the model. So there's multiple things behind the behind the scenes. He has individual player cards that kind of breaks these out more in depth. And one of them is just the offensive and defensive wins above replacement for that individual uh, on the roster, obviously. Um, so what it does is it just shows you, so like a Connor McDavid, you could take him with Dreisaitl and look at what they have set. So for, for instance, if we're looking at, let's see, who's the first team that pulls up? All right, 2021-22 uh, Colorado Avalanche. Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen. Their projected wins above replacement combined is 6.7 with an offense of 5.6. So they're guaranteed an additional 6.7 
wins above who would be replacing them if someone else were to come onto their line. So basically what they're good for is a lot of good shit. (laughs) Their offense is stout. Yeah, it's just the simplest way to put it. The higher the war, the better, especially when it gets down to the individual level. But when you can actually have three guys come together and they have an outstanding projected war, especially offensively as a top line, that's your best case scenario. And yeah, so I don't know, Greg, do you want to cont- like build on that so, a little bit more? Did you find something else? So what's a comparison though for, for um, with, like, so obviously you just said that the wins above replacement for Landeskog, Ranton and McKinnon was mm-hmm. really high. Now, what would a really low one look, look like? What did you say it was? 60? <laughs> oh, Lord. Is that what you said? Uh, you want a bad wins above replacement? Mm. Pull up Buffalo. Like, <laughs> do like Buffalo's third line. And then you'll get like a really bad wins above replacement. So would replacement. that be like a like a ten? Or Hold on, let me get there. Can you be negative? No, you can be negative. In baseball, I know you can be negative. You can absolutely <laughs> be negative. So the Buffalo, their forward war. This is projected eighty points right now. Their forward combined is six point five. Their fourth line is Gergensen's Aiken Akposo negative point one five v five war. Yeah. Wow. So it's bad, like real bad. So wait, if they're projected to be 27th, who's projected to be worse? <laughs> Seattle? Ottawa? Well, Seattle. Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa. It's got to be Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, it's Ottawa. Oh, it's, it's Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's Ottawa indeed. So so we're going to kind of look at the Red Wings war, projected war. So I threw in my lineup, your top line of Ronna Larkin, Zadina, Robbie Fabry, Pia Suter, Tyler Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie, Adam Ernie, sorry, Jesus Christ, Joe Valeno, Michael Rasmussen, Nemestikov, Stevens, Gagne, because Smith is not there. Timeout. Uh, Smith is now there. Oh, he his wasn't. roster builder 4.0 has Giovanni Smith. Breaking news: We have a Giovanni <laughs> War roster builder apparently. All right. So, breaking news. Uh, You're welcome. Giovanni Smith is actually back on here. So your top line of Verona, Larkin, Bertuzzi. Then you have Fabry, Suter, Zadina, Nemestikov, Rasmussen, Gagne, Smith, Valeno, Ernie. Now that leaves out Mitchell Stevens. Okay. Uh, Which defensive, is, it wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised by me that. Me either. Defensive pairings of Letty Horanek, DeKaiser Sider, Stahl Stetcher, and your goalies of Nedeljkovic and Grice. It has I don't you mind at, that. No, but it has you at 28th in the league which is respectable um, with a projected standing points of 78. So it has your 5v5 war of your lines in order. Top line 6.8, which is good. Yes, Uh, it's very good. Offensive production of 7.2, good. Lacking in defense at a negative one. Not great. Now that could improve. It could, no, it could improve. Uh, Verona's not known to be defensive larkin has worked on his defense so it could improve Mm -hmm. uh your second line at a 5v5 war of 1.7 that's 1.7 more wins uh if they are there versus not there in the next available people filling in for them um with an offense of 1.5 that's still good and a defense of negative five so what we're negative 0.5 what we're seeing here is that our forward lines lack defense that's Pretty the problem. Much. Yep. So your third line of Nemesis well, Rasmussen Gagne. 
as a negative one defense is that there's no one that really stands out defensively as a defensive forward yes yeah so your third line at a negative one five e five and your fourth line at a point one five e five so your um your fourth line is better than your third line so the other thing that i look at so your forward war as a group as a group of forwards all four lines has a wins above replacement of 7.6. So your forward offense ranks 21st in the league. Your forward defense ranks 28th in the league. That could change. If Zadina finds his scoring touch, then you go up. If Larkin starts is fully healthy and you score more, that goes up. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're looking at there. It's in and, and again, it's all in flux, but this is just how it sits now. And I think what's nice, I mean, if you want to look at a comparison, so take the Colorado Avalanche like we were just talking about. So Landis, Landis, Gog, McKinnon, and Rantanen are also a 6.8 in 5 versus 5 war. But now when you look at offense, it's a 5.7, which is below Verona, Lark, and Bertuzzi combo. But their defense is positive at 0.3. So take it as you will, but if you think about it, the top line is where we're going to have to try to make all of our bang for our buck. Because then you look at a second line for Colorado, their offense, their 5v5 is a 5 or 4.9 and ours is a 1.7. That's where the drop-off comes as we've seen the last several years is after that top line, what else do we got? And that's where it hurts. We're not going to talk about defense because that hurts even more. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but no, but the defense is where I kind of have the issue. So, your your top pairing of Letty and Heronic, um goes even for 5v5 war at a zero. That's not good. Um, almost all of our defensive pairings have a negative offense and a negative defense, or it's zero. I don't think that's going to be very accurate. Now, our defense was good. Our defense was one of the better parts of our game last season. And at one point, we were in like the top 10 of 5v5 defense for the entire league. Now, thanks to our goaltending, too. Sure, but I blame this on a lack of data for Moritz Sider. He hasn't played a single NHL game. Uh, As we know, he won uh, Defenseman of the Year in the SHL, and and he could come in and he could be amazing. He could come in and he could have a really rough rookie outing. But there, I don't think there's enough data there to project him fairly. So we right now standing at where our pairs are have a defensive war of negative 0.3. Not great. That is 32nd in defensive offense at negative 1.2 and 29th in defensive defense at negative 0.4. See, but I feel like that might change. Wouldn't you think that might change? I mean, it, given the fact that it the, will the change. Additions. It will change depending on how the players play. So like we knew, Haronic had a slow start to the season and didn't really pick up until the second half. If he starts strong and has a great season, numbers go up. If Cider comes in and plays as good, if not better than Heronic, numbers go up. Same with Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl had a rough start, picked it up, got better. Could go up. DeKaiser, how's his recovery going to finish? Like we said, DeKaiser was bad the first part of the season. But in the last few weeks, showed signs of improvement. So if those players go up... The more they go up, the more our war goes up, and the better that looks later on. Um, Now, goalie is where I'm kind of eh. So, 
our highest number is our 3.7 war for goalies. And that I think Nedeljkovic shows at a 2.3 5v5 war. Grice shows at a 1.4. Um, and they're assuming that Nedeljkovic plays the lion's share of the games at 55 is where Grice plays 27. I think it could even be a little higher maybe for Ned. I don't think they're going to one a one B it. I think Ned's your starter. That's why you brought him in. Yeah. So we've had enough of one a one B's for yeah. a long time. Yep. And then when you look at power play and PK now, again, we got a new power play coach. So we have Alex Tangay in for Biles. Hopefully Mo- it helps. Yeah. Our power play right now would be ranked at a point four, which would be 31st. And our PK would be ranked at a point one, which would also be 31st. Now, again, I think special teams improves, and I think we're closer to the middle of the pack than we are to the extreme bottom. So again, adjust mm-hmm. a projection. It has us 28th in the league out of 32 teams. I think we're going to be better than that. I think we'll be closer to eighth or 10th from the bottom than we are bottom five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think when you break this down, it's actually pretty easy, you know, positive. Is. Yeah is is good negative is obviously really bad and so what would you say like is a decent like a like an average number like four for what for um positive war yeah so if you look at the black hawks the black hawks because if if colorado's you know first line is like a 6.4 was it yeah and i mean what would be like a decent middle well, of the pack. Well, so I guess. so let's look at what we think would be more of a middle of a pack team. So if you look at let's say the the Montreal Canadiens. So you look at the Montreal Canadiens, their projected standing points at 90 points, 21st in the league. Um their top line is not great of Tofoli, Suzuki, Caulfield, that's our projected top line as a war of 2.3. But if you look at their second line, Hoffman, Kotkaniemi, Gallagher, it's 3.7. Their third line of Drew and Evans Anderson's a 1.0. Their fourth line of Letkinen, Paquette, Armia is a 1.4. And it also ranks by line. So if your first line's at a four, that's going to be blue as opposed to a two, which is going to be more in the red. Your second line's at a 3.7. That's great. Your third line's at a 1.0. It's okay. If your fourth line's above a one, that's good. And it goes, yeah. So your top line should be far and above your your three, your four, your five for your war, where your second line can go down a couple points, your third line goes down a little further, your fourth line's your lowest. But if you're ending with a fourth line of a one point four, that's great. That means your fourth line is is winning one point four more games with the team than without the team. So, and then then again they project and it's just their projection based on how they think the lineups are going to be that Montreal would end up around 21. Now, if you were to look at last year's, how would that work? Or can you look at last season's? Uh, you can, I just don't have it up. Okay. Yeah. And it would take some, some searching, but Uh, no worries. Yeah. But that, that's kind of where that, that kind of evens out. I don't see the wings as bad as that. And if you're looking at a team, Tyler, that's truly middle of the road, they have the Vancouver Canucks at 16th in the league. Um, but their forward lines are great and where they kind of lose it is their defense. 
So. Yeah, they're thirty first in defense. Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers. Yeah. 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 Okay, I see that. But if you look at their forwards, their lines for their their five v five war top line six point four. Then you go three point two, two point oh nine. So you're kind of looking for a positive all the a way. A five, across. a three, a two, a one, or a four, a three, a two, a one for your war going down your lines. Not a six to one. No. So then if you look at the Avalanche, which were one of the best, if not the best team in the league, in terms of war, I mean, they only have like one negative player on their whole team, which is JT Comfer, I believe. Or, well, actually, no, it's average, right? So it would just be 0. 0.2 defensively on that second line. Now you want to look at something funny? Look at Seattle. Oh, God. I, I love that you're updating this, and I can see it as you're updating it, yep. and it's just painful. Yep. So Seattle right now ranks out as the 11th best team in the league based on projection. Why don't I see oh, it's at the bottom. It's yep. No. Seattle has stout defense. They picked up Philip Grubauer, who is a great goalie. Their, mm-hmm. their backup is Drieger, who is also a really good goalie. And their forwards grade out okay. Their second line actually grades out better than their top line. But their defense is where they pick it up. So, like, almost all their numbers are in the blue. They have a forward war of 11.1. That means your forward group is winning 11.1 more games with the team than without them. Defense war is 3.5. Goalie war is 5.3. Seattle could be really good. Now, we didn't think that they would get the, the Vegas start, but depending on how the season goes with injuries and everything, they could get the Vegas start. It's a lot of guys just that don't have a chip on their shoulder. The, I just don't see it with the offense. I don't think their offense is good enough. I don't know. I, I kind of like... role players instead of the guys that are really going to stand out. The, they don't they don't have like a difference. Ma- I mean, Everly's pretty good, but I mean, he's not a difference maker, I don't think. Well, I mean, who is a difference maker on offense? We, we've talked about wanting Donskoy. We wanted to see him. We, we, we like Yarn Croc. I think Wenberg, now that he's going to be a primary guy. Could Let's have see a how Morgan there. Geeky progresses. Okay, mm-hmm. so but so, so but we talk about this, right? Brandon Tanner. When the playoffs, when we were watching the playoffs and we talked about Tampa Bay versus Carolina, what was the biggest difference? The Tampa Bay had a you know a Steven Stamkos, a Nikita Kucherov, a Braden Point, where you know Carolina just had like an Aho, a Svechnikov, and you know so good players, but not difference makers. They yeah. haven't crossed that threshold yet, is what I think right, what you're right, saying. Right, right, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's what so I'm they saying. had the difference makers that didn't show up in the playoffs, <laughs> Toronto, or that yeah, that's that. what happened because Aho can be a difference maker if he shows up. Svechnikov can be a difference maker if he shows up. That's I think their first true time in the spotlight sure. there. So. And and they'll build on it, but yeah. I think looking at this, Seattle could potentially be a dangerous team, right? It could be. I wouldn't be surprised if they and they're in a, a weak division, so that's it helps them. Yeah. I wonder what their odds are to win their division. Oh, I don't even know. I'd have to check hey, Vegas for that. Go through, go through the what? Who they're in with the West? It probably what? I'll, I'll, I'll look at my uh, sports book at some point. Does Dom have anything posted yet? No, I haven't seen anything. Um, but that's that's kind of where we're at with the war, um, advanced stats for Hopefully Tyler. Hopefully, we simplified that as much as possible. I mean, yeah. it's this one. Yeah. I think is a little easier to understand. Either if is the guy good, he's going to have a good war. Is he not good, he's going to be probably middle of the pack. Yeah. See, I understand this more than I understand like Corsi Fenwick, all that garbage. 
not garbage. No, not but garbage, I mean. but harder for you to understand. I'm going to say, be careful how you say that. Tyler. So, so that's kind of where we're at there. It projects the Red Wings at being bottom five. I think they'll be a little bit higher simply because there's not enough data on Cider. And, yeah. and when Cider starts playing and your defensive numbers improve, I think that goes up a bit. And I, like I said, I think we'll be closer to eight to 10th from the bottom than we are bottom five, which goes back to our point. If you're hoping for lottery odds, don't really just this season. Don't it, if it happens. Great. If not, great. it's we're not going to make the playoffs. So the chance will be there. But the again, we're the Red Wings. And even when we have the best chances of winning the play of uh, the lottery, we don't. Mm-hmm. So don't get your hopes up for Shane Wright. Don't get your hopes up for Bedard. I don't think it's happening. In terms of um, in terms of looking at um, you know, like advanced stats, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure this is obviously war is important. I know in baseball, it's it's one of the main things that people look at. Mike Trout's always usually the leader in war, although I think this year it's Shohei Otani. But either way, um, in terms of like hockey advanced stats what are like the bare minimum ones that you should know learn Corsi, learn fenwick those are mm-hmm. the ones i mean that do we have anything that i can look up like, right, <laughs> I, I think this hockey, hockey reference, reference is probably it? the best for Corsi and fenwick yep um hockey reference is this cool thing where if you pull up a player's stats and you hover over the category tag like it'll say uh cf mm-hmm. percentage and you put your mouse over that header It'll tell you what it means, which is like um, 5v5 possession metrics. Uh, and, and that's so, probably the best place for, for Corsi and Fenwick is going to be hockey reference. All right. So yeah. just for shits and giggles, I typed in Nathan McKinnon. Sure. Okay. So his Corsi percentage uh, was uh, 62.9. So that's, that's really phenomenal. Good, right? Yep. That's really so, good. Yeah. So what is it? Anything over 60? Above or 50, 50 you're fantastic. doing very well. Yeah, if you're above fifty, it means you're controlling play. Yeah, when you're when you're on the ice, I should say. As a whole, when they're on the ice, good things are probably stuff is happening. happening. Yeah, yeah. So that that means possession, though, right? It's that, possession that... metrics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, so go, like it's... pull up like a Luke Glendening for as a reference point, because like Brian Rafalski, who we were gonna t- or t- let's do at. that, Brian Rafalski, and it's because got we've got five minutes left, Brian yeah. Rafalski. In the 07 08 season, Brian Rafalski, this is when they first st- was like really tracking these types of stats. His Corsi 4 was a 64% in all situations. So I think what we're going to talk is Brian Rafalski probably deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably the most underrated Red Wings defenseman. Do I you think don't think so. I think so. I don't think that Team USA wins the silver medal in 2010 without Brian Rafalski. Should have been the gold. I also think no, that Brian Rafalski was forced upsetting. to retire too early because mm-hmm. of his medical issues with his back and his knees. Mm-hmm. And he, he wasn't a big guy. And in the, no. the, the time that he was playing, the fact that he got as far as, far as he did and a more aggressive style of hockey being a guy that was only 5'10". That's, that speaks a lot to how he was as a player. He didn't make it to the NHL until he was 26. Before that, he played in the Liga. And I think throughout his career, like Tyler had mentioned, when he played with the Devils, he was overshadowed by people like Stevens and Niedermeyer. When he came to Detroit, he was probably overshadowed by people like Lidstrom because he was the perfect partner for Lidstrom. And we had Chelios Cronwall too. and Cronwall's prime. Chelios was here. Brad Stewart was here. We had one of, the, if not the best defensive core in all of hockey. 
But Brian Rafalski, I don't think, got enough credit for what he did. And when you go back and look at it, and Jay Fresh posted uh, Rafalski's card. That was and, just for the 2010 season. And that was, well, it was a three-year weighted average ending oh, was in it? his last year. I thought that was just a one-year thing. No, because that's three-year weighted average data expressed as percentile. Ah. So if you look at it, he projected war of 99%, and he was blue all across the board except for goals per 60 where he was at 37 is that under player cards that's historical player data i have to get Mm -hmm. access to it but brian rafalski was i mean an amazing and everyone who watched the wings knows it an amazing defenseman but i think he probably deserves to be in the hockey hall of fame for what he did i mean mobile He's got what two was it two Stanley Cup rings, three Stanley Cup rings? Like um uh, let's see. He has There's, two yeah, uh, oh, three rings, two for the Devils and one for the Wings. Yeah. So I I mean and, you know what's crazy too to look at this. And Ryan so, has his points up. Yeah, he had so on the points points point, uh, as weird as that is to huh. say. So in his four years in Detroit, he had two hundred and four points in two hundred and ninety two games. For his career between New Jersey and Detroit, 11 seasons, 833 games played, 515 points. Two all-star. As a defenseman. Two all-star nods, three Stanley Cup rings, two Olympic uh, yeah. medals. I just Absolute Hall of Famer. Yeah. I don't know what else he could do, to what else he could have done to make his case anymore. But I feel like, and the more you look at it, and we were talking because Jay Fresh posted, he's like, since you all asked, here's Brian Rafalski. You look at you, holy shit. And he goes, Brian Rafalski is probably one of the most underrated Red Wings. And when you keep looking at everything, you go, why is Rafalski not in the Hall of Fame? He never, uh, he had one season in his entire career. Granted, you said he started at 26, where he had under 20 and a half minutes of ice time a game. Average time on ice. Mm. It was his rookie season at 1850. Yep, 1851. His next lowest was his final season with Detroit, where he only played in 63 games and had a 20-25 average time on ice. Yep, and then his back and his knees went to shit. And he was a boss. So, yeah. so I'm looking at Jay Fresh right now, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick a random player. First name that comes to my mind, we talked about this. David Pasternak. So explain this EV offense, EV defense, the even power strength. play percentage. Yep. So okay, EV so offense is even exactly? strength offense. That means the offense you're controlling the puck at even strength while that player is on the ice. Same thing with defense. Yeah. What about power play? Same thing. There'd be a power PP offense, PP defense. Uh, or it's, it's PP, PP offense yeah. and SH defense. Yep. Okay. All right. So that's just pep- basically what in the percentile of your like point or what 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 is that exactly that's when you're on the ice mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're on the ice so if you look at the percentage of a pp offense would be um points while you're on the power play while that player's on the ice or defense shorthanded uh defense would be um shots stopped while you're on the ice uh, for okay, and then EV offense would be even points while you're on the uh, even strength points while you're on the ice. Yep. So yep. seven David Pasternak has a seventy one percent. What is the threshold there? See, that's that's the thing where I get a little confused with. Obviously, positive is great, but I mean Tyler, when we have another percent? light episode, we'll go into advanced stats more. 
Okay. If we get uh, Jay Fresh on here, he can break it down truly Barney yeah. style for us. Yep. But I, I think, think that would be our best option instead of us stupidly trying yeah. to explain it because I confuse myself half the time just trying to go through it. Yeah. So. But I think that I think Brian Rafalski deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That's legit. I think that's fair. Tyler? Yeah, I agree. I cool. Agree. So that's we're going to end it tonight. I want to get you guys final thoughts before we <laughs> sign off and we'll start with Tyler. Well, my thoughts are um, we're getting closer to hockey season. I thought I saw 66 days the other day, so we're probably around 64 or 63 days uh, until we drop the puck. Um, I'm not sure how many more moves are going to get done. I think the team that you see here is going to be the team. Maybe one or two more moves, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, that's about it. Enjoy your summer. Enjoy your baseball team. I'm not. I'm drinking. <laughs> the Red Sox I, blow I, dicks. Tyler. <laughs> I'm not out yet, but I'm getting close to that point where I'm out, but not yet. But anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91 if you want to hear my bad take. So I got distracted here because Jay Fresh, while we were talking, uh, provided us access to the forward timelines. Oh, and I'm no. looking at Advocator because someone just asked for Advocator. It's terrifying. It's like a horror movie. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just got access to it through the email. Yeah. Yeah. He he just dropped it. He just gave us the offense and defense uh, war percentile time. timeline. Oh, I'm about to drop the advocator one. Wait, in why our, don't in I our Discord? Join why our Discord. This is an advertisement for our Discord. <laughs> just go there. Why don't I see? It? Oh, is this the timeline one? thing? Was that I case or was it? Uh, either way. Uh, no, Jay Fresh, fantastic. I'm going to prop it out again. It's just fun to see this stuff visually. I think that's the fun part about analytics is I do analytics. Some I was doing it for a living, and that's what makes it enjoyable, um, is seeing the fruits of your labor in front of oh, the horror in front of you. And stuff like this so- that Jay Fresh puts out there is fantastic. And it just helps you, if you don't necessarily know what to watch on the ice, which I'm far from a freaking expert, so I can't necessarily say what to always watch on the ice. Seeing it this way makes it 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 dummies it down a lot, and it makes it way simpler to look at. Oh, oh God, right I need to I need to look one up. I if he's on here, oh my God, <laughs> who, who, Tyler, is this you messing with my stuff right now? All right, is it my turn? No. Can I do final thoughts? I was, I, I was right, gonna. My, yeah, my final thoughts. Now that I got I derailed it is. I got nothing tonight. I'm tired. We've been talking for two plus hours. So uh, already Ryan 33. Yeah. My final thoughts are just go to our discord. Check it out. It's super cool. We want to get a cool community on there where we can do a bunch of fun stuff and giveaways and talk hockey and post charts and piss people off. It's a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me online at Bring of the Wing. You can follow the Grindland Podcast online at Grindland Pod. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Um, you, we like to give a shout out to the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net on Twitter for hosting us and spreading our podcast out there to a bunch of people that may not have found us before. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's hockey tape where if you promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your online order. And if you use that same promo code at bring hockey back, you get uh 12% off your order. We also have a cool thing now with us bets. If you go use that platform and use promo code GRINDLINE, uh, that helps us out immensely. We will have more news on that next week when we get a little bit more information. Um, but US Bets will be our second betting partner uh, after DraftKings. 
Uh, we also like to give a shout out to uh, Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline podcast. Um, but I think that's it. You can also check out our merch on redbubble.com by going to redbubble.com and searching the Grindline. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy. Act down. <laughs>